welcome to Misunderstood, a podcast dedicated to better understanding MS and learning to live well with MS. I'm your host, Katie Sloan. Our usual reminders as we begin. First, I am not an expert. I'm just a person like you living with MS and trying to make the best of it. Misunderstood is based on my personal experience, what I've learned from my doctors, other care providers, and my own solutions-oriented research and pattern-finding obsession. While the majority of the information I share has been vetted by doctors, I am not a doctor. My intention is that you use the information shared here as a springboard for discussion between you and your doctor regarding your future care options. And lastly, MS impacts each of us uniquely. I hope to shine a light on a wide range of approaches and strategies for living better with MS, but what you choose to do with that information is always your choice, and what works for one may not work for all. In our previous episode, we talked with Dr. Susan about her upcoming 12-day detox challenge course and how critical safe detoxification is for those of us living with MS. I hope you'll consider joining me for this incredible opportunity to learn and put our learning into action to support and enhance our body's ability to detox. Visit truemedicinems.com to sign up. And flock members, don't forget your discount code listed on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash msflock. This week, I'm joined by Rhonda for our first episode dedicated to sharing an MS success story in the making. As I say every single episode, MS impacts each of us uniquely, and I am a firm believer in the importance of showcasing a variety of pathways that enable living well with MS. I plan to feature more folks like Rhonda moving forward so that we can hear a wide range of diverse perspectives. So if this interests you, or you know someone you believe has an important story to share with our larger MS community, reach out via email, mymsflock at gmail.com. Learning and healing does not happen in isolation. When we network and build community with other people living with MS, it illuminates new pathways forward for each of us. As they say, TEAM stands for Together Everyone Achieves More. For my gratitude this episode, I am grateful for timely stories of relatable inspiration, for they keep me going in times of darkness like a bright beaming light. I recently rediscovered a short story I'd like to share with you today, adapted from a memoir written by Sanford Greenberg and shared widely on social media. Hello darkness, my old friend. Everybody knows the iconic Simon and Garfunkel song, but do you know the amazing story behind the first line of The Sounds of Silence? It began over 60 years ago when Art Garfunkel, a young man of Jewish faith from Queens, enrolled in Columbia University. During freshman orientation, Art met another student from Buffalo named Sandy Greenberg, and they immediately bonded over their shared passion for literature and music. Art and Sandy became roommates and best friends. With the idealism of youth, they promised to be there for each other, no matter what. Soon after starting college, Sandy was struck by tragedy. His vision became blurry, and although doctors diagnosed it as temporary conjunctivitis, the problem grew worse. 
Finally, after seeing a specialist, Sandy received the devastating news that severe glaucoma was destroying his optic nerves. The young man with such a bright future would soon be completely blind. Sandy was devastated and fell into a deep depression. He gave up his dream of becoming a lawyer and moved back to Buffalo, where he worried about being a burden to his financially struggling family. Consumed with shame and fear, Sandy cut off contact with his old friends, refusing to answer letters or return phone calls. Then suddenly, to Sandy's shock, his buddy Art showed up at the front door. He was not going to allow his best friend to give up on life, so he bought a ticket and flew up to Buffalo unannounced. Art convinced Sandy to give college another go and promised that he would be right by his side to make sure he didn't fall, literally or figuratively. Art kept his promise, faithfully escorting Sandy around campus and effectively serving as his eyes. It was important to Art that even though Sandy had been plunged into a world of darkness, he should never feel alone. Art actually started calling himself Darkness to demonstrate his empathy with his friend. He'd say things like, quote, Darkness is going to read to you now. Art organized his life around helping Sandy. One day, Art was guiding Sandy through crowded Grand Central Station when he suddenly said he had to go and left his friend alone and petrified. Sandy stumbled, bumped into people, and fell, cutting a gash in his shin. After a couple of hellish hours, Sandy finally got on the right subway train. After exiting the station at 116th Street, Sandy bumped into someone who quickly apologized, and Sandy immediately recognized Art's voice. Turned out, his trusty friend had followed him the entire way home, making sure he was safe and giving him the priceless gift of independence. Sandy later said, quote, That moment was the spark that caused me to live a completely different life without fear, without doubt. For that, I am tremendously grateful to my friend. Sandy went on to graduate from Columbia and then earned graduate degrees at Harvard and Oxford. He married his high school sweetheart and became an extremely successful entrepreneur and philanthropist. But the story doesn't end here. While at Oxford, Sandy got a call from Art. This time, Art was the one who needed help. He'd formed a rock duo with his high school pal, Paul Simon, and they desperately needed $400 to record their first album. Sandy and his wife, Sue, had literally $404 in their bank account. But without hesitation, Sandy gave his old friend what he needed. Art and Paul's first album was not a success, but one of the songs, The Sounds of Silence, became a number one hit a year later. The opening line echoed the way Sandy always greeted Art. Simon and Garfunkel went on to become one of the most beloved musical acts in history. The two Columbia graduates, each of whom has added so much to the world in his own way, are still best friends today in their early 80s. Art Garfunkel said that when he became friends with Sandy, quote, my real life emerged. I became a better guy in my own eyes, and I began to see who I was, somebody who gives to a friend. 
Sandy describes himself as, quote, the luckiest man in the world. This story was adapted from Sanford Greenford's memoir entitled Hello Darkness, My Old Friend, How Daring Dreams and Unyielding Friendship Turned One Man's Blindness into an Extraordinary Vision for Life. I felt this was an important story to share today because when I talk with other folks living with MS, there is consistently an unwritten understanding between us since we share similar lived experiences. May we, as a community of people for whom it's common to experience vision loss, depression, feelings of shame, fear, and of being a burden to those who love us, just like Sandy, always remember this story and take comfort in it. Rather than retreating into the darkness alone, may we seek out others to be the light for us when we need it. And may we seek opportunities to be the light for others in our community when they need us too. We are truly stronger together. Today, you're going to hear from Rhonda, who is a dear friend and MS Gym buddy group member of longtime flock member Karen, who was featured in episode 21, The Body Achieves What the Mind Believes, exploring exercise and movement options for MS. Karen, thank you so much for connecting Rhonda with me so that she can use the misunderstood platform to share her story with us all today. I chose Rhonda to showcase as our first misunderstood success story in the making because I wanted to showcase someone who is living well with MS who, one, has not and is not taking disease-modifying therapies, or DMTs, to try to slow their progression, two, has experienced a wide range of debilitating MS symptoms over the course of a handful of decades, making her story especially relatable to so many in our community. And three, because she has found some interesting avenues for healing, most of which we have not shared previously, that have yielded dramatic and quick outcomes for her. Even though I'm a strong believer in Dr. Susan's True Medicine MS approach to healing, and have chosen to personally follow that path since I highly value working closely with a doctor to manage my MS, I also firmly believe that there are other avenues out there that also work since we each have a unique MS experience and one solution does not work for all. I hope that through Rhonda's sharing of her story today, that she will not only inspire hope in those of us who might currently be in a place of hopelessness, but also illuminate additional pathways for healing that you may find helpful in your quest to live well with MS. As you listen in, be thinking how Rhonda's story could help pave a pathway towards healing for you. Without further ado, let's listen in on our conversation. Hi, Rhonda. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, Katie, thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Let's dive right in. I'm so excited to have you here today to talk a little bit about your MS story. And uh, we're going to start with having you share some of the first symptoms that you've shared, your pathway to diagnosis, and how most of your lived experience has been with MS so far. Okay. Well, um, I just like to start out from when I was in sixth grade. Um, it's something that I'll never forget. I was outside during gym class and everyone was kicking balls around and all of a sudden I had this feeling in my head like, what is that? 
it was kind of like a little bit of vibration, a little bit of, are you dizzy? And I just couldn't figure out what it was. And the teacher said, what's wrong? And I told her, she said, oh, you'll be fine. And my mother, yeah, you'll be fine. So that just went away. And I didn't think much about it till I got to middle school in seventh grade. And it started happening again, only a little bit more often and a little bit more strange and not really dizzy, but not really correct, right? And the Nobody could figure out what's wrong with me. I'd been to the doctor, you know, you have this, you have that. And none of it was really anything that I had. Um, had a hard time concentrating sometimes. Um, and I would have visual, visual disturbances. And I'll remember this really well. Things would look like they were really far away. So everything was really small. And then I would, they would come closer again. So that was a re really weird situation. Um, I couldn't stand some kinds of um, sounds like styrofoam crunkling up or, or aluminum foil, and it would just drive my nerves nuts. So I had really, really sensory issues. Um, a lot of times it would be under stressful situations, you know, some kind of family situations that were going on and I would get upset and that would be make it worse. Um, so throughout my life, I did the normal stuff. You know, I graduated from high school. I did all the normal things there. I went to college for the first time and in radiology school, which was highly, highly stressful. Um, it was not normal college. It was get there at seven o'clock in the morning, work in the department in the afternoon. I'd have classes until five and they were very, very strict about everything. Um, get in the dark room and try and do all that kind of stuff. And it was just bad. I was started having really bad symptoms of MS. That's not what I knew I had, but I knew something was not right. So I would talk to my parents about it. And one time my dad had to come and get me because I couldn't drive because I was so upset. Um, I ended up leaving that program because it was just too much for me to handle. And it was kind of sad for me because it's something I really wanted to do. Um, so once I got away from that situation, my symptoms would go away. And it was like, whoa, there's nothing wrong with me. So I worked in a regular store. I had a drug store and you know retail and kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, I really need to go to school because I can't do this forever. So I went back to college. And then that point, I went to medical technology school. And I was just fortunate that those couple of years, I didn't have any symptoms. So that would be the uh, remitting part of my story, I believe. It was it was quite nice because I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Graduated, got my job as a med tech and working along. Oh, I had my own apartment. I was top of the world. And then I got married. I was very happy. Um, had a baby. And all of a sudden, I couldn't see out of my left eye. Had to run to the doctor, eye doctor. And he said, well, you have optic neuritis. And I said, oh, what's that? Well, here, you'll have to put a, a patch on your eye so the light doesn't bother your eye so much. So I, I did that and it did go away. So I was like, yay, you know, I'm good, I'm good. Then I had my second son. And this is where my story really began. Um, he was just a couple months old and I had him in a nip nap and my two-year-old was walking around and I had a horrible, horrible um, feeling in my head where I, I just had to get down to the floor because I was so dizzy and my son had to get me my phone, get the phone from the, you know, it was a rotary dial phone. And I called my father-in-law, he called an ambulance in the emergency room. They were like, well, they couldn't find anything wrong with me. And, but the doctor said, I think you should make a neurologist appointment. That set me on my way where I had 
an MRI, a total MRI of everything, head, cervical, lumbar, and all that jazz. Still, they could see nothing wrong in the MRI, but the neurologist, being a neurologist, he said, this is what I believe you have. You have MS. Well, that just sunk me right down to the floor. What's going to happen to me? Am I going to be in a wheelchair? And he said, I don't want you to get upset about this. I'm like, okay. He said, you know, you're doing okay. And I want you to just, if you feel bad about, you know, feeling poorly, rest and you can get through this. At that time, there were no DMTs. So there was nothing to put me on. And he didn't want to put me on any steroids or anything. I think I was fortunate in that way because I never started on anything back in 1986. Um, So, you know, I don't want to say I was fortunate because I didn't really feel that fortunate, but that was the start of my story. And I did recover from that. Um, and I was able to do all the mom stuff, you know, volunteering at school and all that kind of stuff. Um, but every time I would go see the doctor, he'd say, you're doing well, I'll see you in eight years, because apparently eight years was the amount of time they figured that you would have a relapse. And he was right. Now, did I just expect it to happen in eight years or not? I don't know, but it did. So about every eight years, I would have a relapse and it would take a couple months and I would, but I would get better. It was a rough road having children that small and trying to do all the right things because you just always want to be the best mom that you can. Um, But I made it through all that kind of stuff. Um, Let me just think about the next thing that I did. I went back to college because I wanted to become a teacher. So I got my bachelor's degree in biology and then I got my teaching certification. Highly stressful because I worked full time. I had small children. I drove an hour every three times a week to go to classes. And um, lo and behold, in 2003, I had the worst exacerbation. I don't know if anybody else has ever had this happen. I'm sure there have, but um, I had, I was numb from my chest down to my hips, like I could pass an arm right through my body and not even know it. The bottoms of my feet became numb as well. Um, The symptoms that I had besides that were extremely tired. I could be talking and then the next minute I'm asleep. And then I would wake up, I'd be rested, but my whole body would be stiff. And then I would drink tea and eat bagels trying to re regain my my composure and it would just be another hour and I'd be sleeping again so that happened for three months um at that point was a pretty depressing time for me because I just did not know if I was ever going to get better still the neurologist the wonderful neurologist that I had said Rhonda your past has shown that you can get through this and I did um but then after a few more years, and I had I got remarried in 2011, and around 2012, my walking started to get bad. My balance was bad, and I was still having fatigue and cog fog and all that kind of stuff. So that was my path to secondary progressive MS. Um, but I knew there had to be something else for me to help myself through this, and I wanted to get to be able to live a normal life. So that's about my story. Wow. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing so vulnerably too. And so openly, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of listeners will able be able to really um, 
you know, it'll resonate with a lot of us because, you know, maybe people haven't experienced uh, as many Mm -hmm. exacerbations as you have um mm -hmm. and especially maybe not for as long um but just your your resilience really shines through that and i i'm just so grateful that you shared all of these different uh, manifestations of ms that you did right. so thank you for that and and now let's move into now that we know kind of this historical part of your life let's start by talking about um, why you're really here today and that's really to talk about the solutions that you've found more recently that have really dramatically changed things for you and moved your level of healing to just an entirely different level and when we when we spoke um, when we first met um, I asked you to think about those major pivotal moments or choice points in your life that really led you to where you are now and it seemed like those fell into really three categories, nutrition, exercise, and mindset. And so today I'm hoping we can kind of talk a little bit about each of those and you can share the tools that you've found that have helped you to improve and, mm -hmm. and really live your best life with MS. So go ahead and start sharing with us um, the tools that you found that were really instrumental in healing as far as nutrition goes. Okay, well, with, with my nutrition, this, this, I've always tried to, to eat healthy, but I was not eating the right healthy foods for the, to recover, to make my symptoms lessened. Um, I was always just trying to lose weight all the time and I was not doing the right thing. But I happened to find on Facebook a group called Minding Your Soul, and it had to do with people. Um, helping themselves get through multiple sclerosis. So I'm like, yes, this is what I want to do. So that was in September of 2021. So it was just last year. It hasn't been a whole year yet. Um, I dived in full, fully into this. Um, and it has to do with, um, it's led by a girl, a woman named Janine Troutman. And she was paralyzed by MS in a bed um, when her children were very small. And she, um, struggled through that, but she found a way to eat through reading and stuff like that. And there's a, um, a gentleman named Anthony William, and he has a protocol that he follows where he believes, and we found uh, that there are ev is evidence that um, the Epstein-Barr virus is the underlying cause of autoimmune diseases, not just MS. And people have been following this protocol of it's called starve, kill, and detox. So to, you need to starve. Everybody has Epstein-Barr virus in their system, even if they have not had mono per se, it's there. Um, so you starve the virus by not eating gluten, dairy, or eggs, artificial sweeteners. Um, they, they feed, the virus feeds on those things. So if you eliminate those from your diet, you're going to starve the virus. You want to kill the virus by drinking and eating certain kinds of foods like um, celery juice, um, uh, vegetables like asparagus and Brussels sprouts and all sorts of green vegetables and, and healing fruits. So that's a huge part of, of what I do. Um, and then once you kill the virus, so once you starve the virus and then you kill it, you wipe out all these toxins that have been holed up in your body. And so we drink uh, a, a detox smoothie, which includes things like spirulina, um, dulce vegetables, and uh, what's the other one? Bar barley juice powder, 
oranges and bananas, and it's a whole recipe of a detox smoothie. And I'm sure there are lots of other detox smoothies out there, but this is the one that seems to be the answer for detox, detoxing your body of heavy metals and all that sort of thing. So I've been on that protocol since September and it was, it just had dawned on me after a week or so, not even a week that, oh, and also we drink lemon water first thing in the morning. So the lemon water frees up your cells to absorb the, um, the, celery juice and all the vegetables and stuff that are going to help to kill off the virus. In about a week, I'm like, wait a minute. I don't have fatigue or cog fog. I would come out of the bedroom and I'm like, I'm not dizzy. I'm not cog foggy. I feel like I don't have to take a nap. And so right away, I found a difference with this protocol and that made me want to continue with it. And I have been doing that since September. Um, Let's see, what are the other things that I eat? Oh yeah, kinds of berries and sort of things like that. So that's my thing. And I do have a lot of supplements that I take and that's all outlined in the protocol as well. I um, see supplements, omega-3, magnesium, amanolaurin, which is actually um, coconut oil. Um, B12 is huge. I do B12 every morning. Zinc, cat's claw, lemon balm, the whole protocol, and you can see that in if you look up the medical medium, he has that all listed on the things that should be taken to help you to, to overcome your symptoms. Not heal, but overcome. But in the end, it's, it's, a, it's a healing process if you're feeling better. Um, so the community support is minding your soul. And I, I belong to that group on Facebook, and I've become very good friends for, with all of those people in there. And, you know, we're friends on Facebook, but we feel like we're really good friends elsewhere too. Um, you can join us on Facebook if you'd like to. It's called Minding Your Soul. Beautiful. Yes, um, thank yeah. you. I actually did join after oh, good. our conversation. So I'm excited to kind of follow the narrative there and, and see mm -hmm. where it leads. And um, so before we move on, I'll just share with listeners that, you know, I did a very different um, route than Rhonda, but actually there's a lot of overlap. And so um, I just want to encourage people to really pay close attention to your diet, research about EBV and ways that we can suppress it. Um, some listeners may remember, I talked about that when we, um, I shared about the Symphony of the Souls essential oil protocol that I use that works really well to deactivate that EBV. And, you know, it's just really important, I think at this point to acknowledge that our avenues might all be a little different, uh, but as long as we can get ourselves to this place of feeling better and reducing the symptoms that we're experiencing, that is truly healing. So um, thank you so much for sharing about your nutrition. Let's transition into exercise. I, this is really one of my uh, favorite things that you do is your MS gym and your buddy groups. And I'd really love to hear from you about your experience with that and how that has helped you heal. Well, yes, I'd like to share that. Um, I started with the MS gym way in the beginning when it had first started, maybe a little bit after it first started, but it was probably in 2018. Um, I actually stumbled upon it again on Facebook and I'm like, wait a minute, exercise, I do that. So, um, so I joined and I've been a member of the MS gym since then. Um, I exercised with the MS gym 
every day and he, there is an actual path depending on where you are in your journey of, of exercise and your abilities. And so there's, there, there are people that have to be seated. There are people who can be standing. There are people who are more advanced, but I do an MS gym workout every day. Um, there are also some extra things you can do within in there. But I did, um, because I'm older than 60, some of us decided that we would like to have a buddy group for MS people, gymmers who are over 60. So I've been with these girls for at least two years, probably more. Um, we meet every day at five o'clock. Um, we exercise together and it's a little addition to what I do on my own but I look forward to it every day because we've become close friends. Some of them are in California. Some of them are in Colorado. Some of them are in Wyoming. There was one that a long time ago was in our group and she lived in New Jersey. And I'm like, this is great. We look forward to seeing each other every day and supporting each other and keep us motivated so that we are accountable for what we're doing. And um, you feel close to them because we're helping. And we share other stories and other things about our MS and other things too in our lives. So that's the MS gym that I, I like to share with you. And um, oh yeah, so a specific example about how I, the MS gym has helped me read my, my abilities is that I stay consistent with it. It is something that I, it's, I call it a gift that I give myself. It might sound like your exercising is not a gift, but it is because after you exercise, you have given yourself the best um, gift of movement and strength and um, abilities. It really does help me. It really, really does. Um, so, and I do think I, I just want to highlight to the yeah. importance of you know, healing in community. We can do so much on our own, but I do think that that, that buddy group structure, that community, that friendship, those bonds that you've built, that helps so much. And so if there's anyone listening now who is trying to heal in isolation, I strongly encourage you to reach out, get connected, maybe consider some of these Facebook groups that Rhonda is sharing or join the podcast flock so that you're not in isolation because I do think that's an undervalued part of healing. Now, I also was hoping you'd share some of your other favorite tools for exercise because we had a really great conversation about that the other day. Oh yeah, I exercise a lot and I, I'm kind of like, we're going to have to add a new room onto our house so that I can have room for all my equipment that I have, but I have a rebounder, which is like a little trampoline. So I like to do that. That's very, very good for, for exercise. I have a vibration plate. Um, if anybody wants to look those up, it is really good for helping you regain balance it loosens up my muscles when I'm on the vibrator. I, I hang my heels off the edge and it helps with my um, loosening up my calves because that a lot of times is my issue when I'm trying to walk, but I have like a peg leg because my, my calf is so tight. So I loosen up. So I have a rebounder, the um, vibration plate. Um, other tools that I have are an elliptical. So I'm on my elliptical for only 10 minutes a night. I don't go crazy with it, but it, it really keeps my aerobic abilities going. Um, I do have a recumbent bike. I've had that for years and years, and I do that for 20 minutes a night. Um, water aerobics, now that it's getting nicer here in upstate New York, our pool is open and I'm just waiting for the temperature to get a little warmer, but water aerobics is huge for me. I just love it. 
Um, if we didn't, if we had a house without a pool, I would buy one because it's that important to me. Um, what else do I have? Um, oh, I have a, a, a piece of equipment called the scoop. And it's instead of bicycling forward like you would on a regular bicycle, it makes your legs go in a lateral form. So it's a lateral exercise and it really helps with hip, um, hip exercises and stuff like that to loosen up hips. So those are my, those are our basic tools. I have a lot of other little things that I do, um, you know, but those are the basic things that I, that I really, my husband's like another piece of equipment. Yep. <laughs> so. Hey, if they work and that's wonderful. And I'm so grateful, especially for you mentioning the scoop because, you know, the hips is where that really is where we can start to go downhill. Um, mm -hmm. The psoas and piriformis muscles there, you know, anytime we start getting that weakness, it often leads to back pain, neck pain and beyond. And so I'm really interested personally to look into that because I didn't, I didn't know about that machine. So thank you so much for sharing. I learned it from my MS buddy, my MS gym buddies. Right. See, and that again is the power of healing and community. Same yes. with our groups that meet up every Saturday. We are constantly sharing what's working for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's how we keep propelling one another forward even further, which is wonderful. So yes. finally, let's dive into mindset because this is another approach that both you and I see real eye to eye on. Um, and let's talk about how this mindset work has led you to a better place. Well, um, this is something new for me because I mean, everybody knows what mindset is. You make, you make your mind up and you're going to do something, but this mindset is something where you, we're taught to love ourselves because loving ourselves is making us more accountable for how we're going to help ourselves get better. Um, it is important to know that if you meditate, you are coming within yourself and you are relaxing because you're doing it for yourself and I meditate almost every day I try to do it every day I'm not going to lie sometimes it doesn't work into my my plan but affirmations when you're meditating you can also have affirmations about yourself my affirmations are that I am enough because sometimes I would get the feeling like because I can't walk well because I'm not as as energetic as I would like to be I'm not enough and I am enough. Everybody is enough. And it will take you down a better path if you feel that way. So I do that every day too. And I want to talk about the sphere of possibilities. And this is what's talked to us by Matt Rowe in the group Thrive and the Identity of Help. And at first it was kind of hard for me to understand, but I, I really get it now. It's called a sphere of possibilities. So if you have a sphere around you, Inside your sphere are all the things that you already can do because you know you can do them. So you do them over and over again. The things that are outside your sphere, for example, walking, you're not going to, to do that because you don't think you can. But if you bring that skill inside your sphere, now you're going to be able to do it because you feel it can be possible. So if you can do something, if you think you can do something, or you think you can't do something, you're right both ways. So I feel like I put that in my sphere and I really think that that's one of the things that's helping me to be able to walk better because I'm trusting myself, I'm believing that I can do it. So I really think that's kind of the mindset 
Um, what else did now I want to talk about? Before you move on, let's okay. talk to, it's not, the mindset is critical. We have to start there, but mm -hmm. mindset without aligned action mm -hmm. is also uh, won't quite get you to where you want to go. So can you speak to that just really quickly too, how those two interplay? Well, that, that does interplay. If I, um, for a long time, for a long, real long time, since I would not been able to walk, I just had come to the conclusion that I was never going to be able to walk well. And um, it really depressed me because I thought I'm not going to be able to do the things I really want to do. I'm never going to be able to take my granddaughters to the zoo because I'm not going to be able to walk there. I will, you know, will not be the same. I mean, obviously I could take them, but I want to be able to walk. So not being, putting that on the outside of, I'm not going to be able to do that. I wasn't, I'm not going to be able to do that. And I know I'm going to be able to do that now because I've been in this mindset, probably, it was probably been about three months since I've been doing the mindset thing with Matt Rowe. Um, it was a little bit scary because he makes you identify with everybody in the group about what, what are your, what are your reasons? What are your reasons for not doing things, you know, or what are the reasons that you want to do things? That's the basic thing. What is your why? Um, so yeah, that's the mindset. I, I, I can't really put it any more clear than that, I guess. So talk about your why. What is okay. your why? Well, my why is to live my best life. It's always been my why. But I was setting the bar way too low for my best life, my life. My life, I thought would be, okay, I, I won't be able to um, walk on a beach because I won't be able to do that because I can't. My why is I want to, I will walk on that beach. My, you know, want is to um, be able to, like I just said, take my granddaughters to the zoo. And I'm like, well, I won't be able to do that but I am going to do that. Those are my reasons. Um, it all circles back, you know what I mean? I, I want to do things for myself, but okay, I want, to take, I want to take my granddaughters to the zoo and that's gonna bring me lots of joy. It'll bring them joy. But so even though I'm giving them joy, I'm circling around and giving myself joy because I'm going to do that. And, I, and, I, and the other thing is too, if you can picture yourself doing things, you've already done them you you know like if I'm going to go to work and I have to walk down a big hall to get to my office I'm like okay so it's going to be tough but before I get there in my mind I'm walking down that hallway when I get there it's a lot easier because I've already done it in my mind I've made that a priority in my mind that I can do something so that's Excellent. my thank you so much for sharing that I do think that um, if anyone listening doesn't have a clear why, that is really a great place to start because it motivates every single choice you make every day. And mm -hmm. Rhonda, since you're clear on your why, you're very intentional about the choices you make of what you put in your body, of how you mm -hmm. use your body every single day. And so, you know, pulling all three of those components together and working on them in tandem is really going to exponentially help you get further faster. So that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. So let's boil it down. What is your best advice for others living with MS, especially those who have chosen to do it free of disease-modifying therapies? And again, um, maybe also share a little bit about why you chose to share your story with us today. 
Okay, so my my best advice is to find something that is going to help you that you know is going to help you and stick with it. Um, you you never be successful if you give up. Um, you know, if you if you want to do something, you have to be consistent. And sometimes that's hard to do. Everybody has busy lives. I had a hard time when my kids were little because I was choosing them and their needs over me. But choose something that's good for you and stay consistent with it. And um, why I chose to do this, and I, I, I really want to help other people. And you made a point to it earlier that people would feel alone. Don't feel alone. Because I had that feeling in 1986 when I was all alone. There was nobody to talk to. Um, nobody was there, were, there, were there to help me. Um, so I struggled and it was, it was tough. So I don't want another person that I, if I have anything to do about it, to feel that way. I want to help others because part of helping others is you're helping yourself because you're feeling more worth. And I feel worth by helping other people. I share my story with people. People ask me for what I do and I share what I'm doing. So if they want to join me, they can. And I think that that's why I know that's why I'm here. I know that's why I'm here. Wonderful. I, weather, I weathered that storm and I don't want anybody else to have to weather it like me. Amen. I am with you on that for sure. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about something else you and I spoke about the other day, and that is thought hygiene and how you manage your thoughts in a way to benefit yourself. Can you give us an example of how you've done that? I can. I really can. Um, if I feel a tingle in my legs, you know, a, a symptom that is part of my MS is, and I used to be able to get all nervous and it would make it worse. But when that happens to me now, I just know it's because I'm in a stressful situation and it will go away. So I let that feeling go and well, it just goes away. An example I want to give you is that um, for years, I've not gone to Lowe's to buy my own plants for the spring because my husband's always been with me. And I, I'm thinking I won't be able to do that. But I cleared my, my brain out. I, I took hygiene in my brain. I'm like, you can do this. He wasn't here one day on a Saturday. And so I got in my car. That's another thing. I'm driving again. Yay. So I drove to Lowe's. I went in Lowe's and I bought $250 worth of flowers and plants, dragged them out to my car, put them in the trunk alone, and I drove back home and brought them all to my deck. Wow. I cleared out my brain of all that garbage that was missing me up and, and telling me that I couldn't do things. And I think about that a lot. Every time I go outside, I'm like, look what I did all by myself. And at 64 years old, I can do that stuff. That <laughs> I'm not sure major not. win. Major That's win. Excellent. Right. Thank right. you for sharing that. And I know you have a couple of other things you'd like to share with listeners today. Um, first, I want to ask you to just kind of reiterate real quickly those key Facebook groups. And then there's a learning opportunity coming up that you're going to share. Right. The three Facebook groups that I am really involved in are the MS Gym. Um, we have coach Trevor. He's the one that's the leader of that group. And he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. And anybody wants to join the, uh, the MSGM, I really encourage it. Um, it's very, very, he's a physical therapist and he is doing a wonderful job with thousands of people, thousands around the country, around the world, actually. 
So then the other group that I just joined in September was Minding Your Soul, and that's the whole um, starve, kill, and detox situation with um, Janine Troutman. And then out of that, I met um, Matt Rowe, and he is the one with the mind, or the um, the mindset mastery kind of thing, where you get back into your right mindset and be able to help yourself get through all that um, vibrational healing and stuff like that. He talks about a lot, and so I think those are the three groups. I know those are the three groups that are really helping me. I know there are a lot more out there uh, that you can join, but those are the three that I believe that are really, really good to join. Um, the one really important thing that's happening right now, and it's actually starting next week, it's called the Symptom-Free MS Summit. Matt Rowe has interviewed 24 um, people who have either had, most of them, like 90% of them have MS and have overcome their symptoms and are able to live their lives, their lives best with MS. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I know some of them already, I've listened to it other times, but it's gonna be awesome. It is a totally free summit. Um, you can watch the episodes on the day that they are released each day uh, for free. Or if you would like to, which I have for $37, you can have all access to them and you can listen to them anytime you want to forever. So if you want to refer back to them, like, wait a minute, I wanted to hear that guy again. I wanted to hear that woman about her, her um, the way she was helping herself with MS. So that's what I've joined. It starts on June 20th and it runs for 12 days. So if you want to do that, you can actually look that up on the internet as well. So it's the Symptom Free MS Summit. So that's what great. Like Thank to. you. And it's my understanding that if you do pay the $37, you also, um, in addition to getting unlimited access to replays, you mm -hmm. get access to a private Q&A with the speakers yep. and also e-copy of Matt's book, which is Belief to Heal. So, yep. um, so there are some advantages, but if that's out of your budget, you certainly can watch all of these sessions live on Facebook for free. Yep. Absolutely. Wow. Um, yeah. Just jog yourself over to the MS free or the symptom free MS summit and you'll be able to see all the details. And of course, if you have any questions, you can certainly um, look me up and I'll certainly help you out on that. Excellent. Thank you so much, Rhonda, for being here today, for You're sharing welcome. your story, for sharing your resources that have helped you so much. And I really look forward to keeping in touch with you over time as your journey progresses and see how you do. Um, so thank you again for being here and um, look forward to the future. You are on the right track for healing. I'm so, so happy for you. Thank you, Katie. And uh, thank you so much for having me and letting me share my story with you. Absolutely. I hope that you enjoyed hearing Rhonda's story and that by listening to this episode, we all, one, remember how important it is to be in community with one another so that we can be the light for others and receive the light we need in our personal times of darkness. Two, that we understand the critical role that mindset, nutrition, and exercise play in our ability to heal our MS symptoms. And three, that we consider joining the Facebook groups Rhonda recommended if they are of interest to us, Minding Your Soul, the MS Gym, and Symptom-Free MS. 
flock members, I will post the resources Rhonda shared on our Patreon page for your convenience. Our next misunderstood flock meeting will be Saturday, July 2nd. At the flock meeting, we'll discuss this episode and other recent episodes to further our learning. On July 2nd, we'll also be joined by Rhonda. So if our conversation today left you with any burning questions for her, you can meet her there and ask her directly. She's eager to meet you and support you in any way she can. If you're not yet a flock member but would like to be, join us. We are all people living with MS that meet via Zoom monthly to support each other and continue our learning on the episode topics. You can learn more and join us by visiting patreon.com slash msflock. As always, I encourage all listeners to reach out with MS-related questions, comments, future podcast topics, or guest ideas, including case success stories of people exemplifying living well with MS. Send those to mymsflock at gmail.com. And lastly, remember, as we travel through life with MS, we're certain to hit some turbulence. We'll get through it, especially if we're flying together, supporting one another, and honking our encouragement. As always, thank you for listening, and until next time, be well. Ah!